welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is episode number 22 and part of our multifamily brief series. Once again, this is Brian Briscoe from Four Oaks Capital bringing you the second episode in a two-part series. I try to keep the multifamily brief episodes to right around 10 minutes or less so you can still listen and learn even when you don't have a ton of time on your hands. So if you have like a 10 or 15 minute commute or walk to work, go ahead and tune on into our podcast, hit one of those multifamily brief episodes and you'll be set. Before we start, I'd like to point out that we have a free ebook on our website that compares what your money invested in the stock market would look like compared to your money invested in apartments. It's at forexcapital.com. Just tap the link in the show notes. Now, last week, I talked about factors to consider when determining which market to invest in. Some of these factors are economic growth, population growth, metro size, employment diversity, rent growth, and there are several others. Now, does this mean that a metro has to be above average or in the top 25% of all metros in all areas of the United States for you to invest? Not really. I think these factors need to be looked at as pieces of a larger whole. They're all important, but don't discount a metro if one indicator may be lagging and the rest are well above the national averages. Now, there are some people, like Neil Bawa, for example, that have an army of analysts to try to search for the absolute best places to invest based on many of the factors that we discussed in the previous episode. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Neil Bawa is absolutely brilliant, and I love his content. But number one, most of us don't have an army of virtual assistants working for us to do the data analysis. And number two, if you're in the beginning stages of your investing journey, it just may not be feasible to invest across the country. Let's face it. If you're in the apartment business, you're going to have to visit the apartments. You're going to have to be on site to conduct due diligence. And if you're managing the managers properly, you're going to have to visit the properties over the course of the investment. So convenience is also an important factor to look at. You have to be able to get to the market with relative ease. Now, one other factor I'll discuss here before diving deeper into the target market is how well you already know an area. Sometimes in-depth knowledge of a metro or city can make up for other data-driven factors not being perfect. I think everybody's heard of the term investing in their own backyard. Now, in this case, if your backyard has a lot of the positive indicators, you may want to start there. You'll be able to leverage your existing knowledge of an area, and it'll be a lot easier to build relationships with multifamily professionals and manage your managers if they're within a 15, 20, 30-minute drive of your house. Now that we've discussed markets, let's drop down a level. We talked about selecting a market, but once you've selected a market, should you invest just anywhere? Well, not really. There are good places and there are better places to invest. And there are some actual bad places to invest. Now, like the sailboat analogy from the last episode, where we talked about the boat being the actual investment and the target market being the wind in your sails, you can also look, take that analogy one step further and say, you know, the neighborhoods are like the surface currents, which also are going to push your boat one way or another. Now, if you're looking at value-add properties at the neighborhood level, one strategy that's ideal is to look for maybe a C-class asset that's in a B-class neighborhood or a B-class asset that's in an A-class neighborhood. This will allow you to do a minor renovation and bring the C-class asset up to B-class standards and achieve B-class rents and B-class cap rates, which will serve to force appreciation and add value to your investment. 
If your strategy, for example, is to buy a stabilized apartment community, maybe you want to look for the path of progress or areas where the city is growing. Now, this is typically where housing demand is the highest, and therefore, so is the rent growth year over year. Also worth mentioning are the gentrifying neighborhoods, areas where old is being renovated, refurbished, or replaced. Oh, and the last thing on neighborhoods, you know, don't walk into the high crime areas unless you really understand the dynamic and are prepared for the extra work it will require. Now, if you'll allow me, I'm going to go a little bit personal here. When I moved to the Washington, D.C. area a few years ago to work at the Pentagon, I did exactly what I outlined. I looked up the metros up and down the East Coast within an eight-hour driving radius. Why did I choose eight hours? Well, simple. Because I could wake up a little earlier than normal, get in my car, drive eight hours, and be in that target area by noon. Now, I quickly found that the economic and demographic factors in the Southeast were far better than the Northeast. I made a list of the top areas that had positive indicators, and many of these top cities were in the Carolinas. You know, it turns out that my wife was born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina, and we go there several times per year anyway. We've now lived on the East Coast three times, you know, once in Virginia, once in Maryland, and once in North Carolina. And every time we are, we've lived on the East Coast, we have traveled to South Carolina two, three, sometimes four times every year. So number one, we are familiar with the area. And number two, we go there anyway. So talk about convenience that's convenience. And it just so happens that, like I said, a lot of the markets that exhibited these excellent indicators are in the Carolinas anyway. So I started searching for apartments in one of the fastest growing states in one of the fastest growing regions in the country, which is South Carolina. And what's more, it is an eight hour drive from my house to Columbia, South Carolina. Waking up a little bit earlier than normal, I can leave my house at four o'clock and be on scene at about 12, 1230. If I want or need to get there quicker, I can still wake up at the same time, leave my house about 4, 4.30, go to an airport, and be down in that metro area at about 9 a.m. And what's even better, while I was searching these markets, I met my partners, Eric Shirley, Brian Mallon, and Todd Butler, who were also attracted to the same market for the same reasons. And guess what? They live even closer than I do. Now that we have a couple of apartments under our belts, we've expanded our acquisitions reach to several of the neighboring metros. You know, we really like the the Piedmont Triad, which is Winston-Salem, Greensboro, and High Point, North Carolina. We're also high on Raleigh, Durham, Wilmington, and several of the areas in Georgia. We've done the analysis on these regions that I talked about, and we think that these areas are going to fare well long-term, even in a post-COVID environment. And that's it for today's show. Stay tuned for our next episode dropping on Wednesday, which will be another Ask the Expert episode with Alex Olson and Anthony Frank. We'll see you then. Hey, everybody. Before we go today, I just wanted to bring your attention to a free ebook that we have on our website available to everybody. The website is fouroakscapital.com. And what this free ebook is, is it's a comparison between investing in multifamily and investing in the stock market. You know, it shows you actual returns had you put $100,000 into the stock market 20 years ago compared to the typical multifamily syndication investment. And, you know, I'm not going to give away the the punchline here, but you're going to be surprised at the results. Uh, Ever wonder how to explain this to other people who are on the fence on investing, or if you're on the fence on investing yourself, okay, this is the the perfect ebook for you. Should be right at the top when you go to the website. You know, it download it, it's free. Look it over, share it with your friends. Anyway, that's it for today, and I hope you enjoyed the show.
Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.